This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. There we go. Well, does it again. Welcome back to another episode of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lure. I'm Britton, Bobby, and Richie are here, and we... What do you got there, Bobby? It's an after- afternoon podcast recording session. Oh, Bobby, Bobby is here because there's the turkey call. That is... Oh, yeah, What do you baby. got now? I have a new foreplay call. Whatever yeah. Tom wants. Whatever Tom wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's really cool about the foreplay, the reason they call it that is because actually it will spin around. There's four different woods on it, and you can you can use them all. Oh, yeah. You can get, you get all, all different, yeah. different types of... Uh, somebody got me a new toy. Yeah. <laughs> so tell them about foreplay. So Foreplay is a brand new sponsor to the Northwest Outdoorsman, so we welcome them. And unfortunately, that means that now Bobby has a permanent toy. I love it. He has a permanent I toy. Got a new toy. <laughs> it's very loud. It is very loud, but that's a good thing about box calls, and particularly that one, is that it's good for locating. Yeah. Now we just bust our eardrums did in you, here. Did you see what happened? I located you, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we found yeah, you. Yeah. We found you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> We also have we twist we we switched up a little bit today. Yeah, we low rattle. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. today we are recording the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And we don't need any more coffee today. No, no more coffee. So it's special drink session. Special drink session. Still sponsored by Wood Family Spirits because today we are trying out their OG vodka. Never been much of a vodka drinker since college, but I would tell you this <laughs> stuff is delicious. <laughs> it is absolutely delicious. It's actually distilled from Columbia grapes, so the OG yes. is original, original grapes, grapes, and they're uh, Sauvignon or Cabernet Sauvignon grapes. This stuff's amazing. It's very smooth. We God. mixed it up with some Fresca today. Yeah, it's perfect. Do, it, do we have Fresca as a sponsor? It's very no. refreshing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Fresca, if you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just saying. Just I saying. <laughs> but no, you know what? It's good. It, it, it it's was very really, good. Really I mean, it doesn't, it, you know, you expected it to have a little bit of a, a, a fruity flavor, and there just, it wasn't so, there. I mean, it tastes subtle. like a, good, a yeah. good smooth vodka. Yeah. And it's 80 proof, so we won't get a little too out of control today, like the 100 proof <laughs> Columbia River bourbon, which is amazing, but uh, really sneaks up on you after about three recordings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean the one where we had to put Britain in the front seat and let yeah. him go to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that ever happened. Oh. <laughs> no, but sure appreciate uh, Wood Family Spirits getting us set up here. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah, you yeah. guys got to go check it out. Uh, you head to woodspirits.com to go find all of that. They have a tasting room down in the Dalles. They do. Here goes Bobby. He's he's gearing up. <laughs> he's gearing up. He's waiting for the And moment. you can find them at Wood Family Spirits on all the social media. So make, make sure to go check them out, grab a bottle, and um, enjoy some with us. I, what's going to happen when it's actually turkey season? Turkey did you season. have some? You had a little turkey season running through the backyard I did. yesterday. 
I, I know I, I'm trying I'm trying to do it real low, but and, and there's just there's no low about a box call. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to do. Well, it he's low. run out. See, I try to rub the chalk off of it, so he can't hardly do it. <laughs> While Bobby uh, gets ready to do that, we are. You're. By the time this airs, you're already done the Central Washington Sportsman Show. That's right. You're getting ready to go down to Redmond, Oregon. We, the Max Lure, we we don't do that show, but. It sounds like it's a pretty good show. Well it's, attended. It's actually a really good show. Last year was packed. And so I'm expecting the same thing this year. It's kind of nice because it's at the fairgrounds and there's a big area and they have a lot of RVs and boats and everything around. And there's just people all over the place. It's it's really good. It's a great place, I think, for families to go. Sure. And then, then of course, we're inside in the arena. Folks come visit us. It's great. Slang barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce, workshop products, fishing rods. We got it all. Creamy jalapeno sauce. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Finn and Speaking field of sauce. <laughs> sauces and seasonings, today on the oh, podcast, no. we have Dan Avery, Max Pro staffer, who also works behind the scenes at Kinder's Seasonings and Sauces. And yep. It'll be cool to talk to him. Richie had a nice long conversation with him talking about uh, fishing all over Idaho for trout and kokanee and uh, kind of what he's been up to at Kinder's. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But Hey, you know what else? He said, oh, and he sent it. I got a text coffee. I got a text message that said that it should be coming to my post office box today even. He's got a special coffee recipe for us. That he oh, really? Yeah, and that he, he really supplied wants us to it, try. and he sent the <clears throat> ingredients up. So, hey. Oh. So next podcast, next we'll podcast, have... we're gonna have something special. Nice, double special coffee, double special <laughs> coffee. <laughs> something that he makes in a duck blind. So this will be awesome. Yeah, this and you know, extra chunky. He's pretty good at, at extra stuff chunky. like that. <laughs> now there's a story behind that. <laughs> it's not what you think. Everyone in the pro staff gang has their own. They have their own nickname. their own nicknames now. It is. I actually haven't got one, which is nice. <laughs> There's no, been we, a, oh, we, we, could give we, we will fix that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will fix that. Seems like everything is starting to pick up, even though we got more snow this morning. Oh, God. Um, weather's really <clears throat> not turning, but it sounds like fishing's starting to, <clears throat> to really ramp up. I know that we're busy at the shop, and the derbies are kicking off. There was a derby last weekend. Yeah. What'd you, would you read about that, Bobby? You said there was... Oh, the, the first place team... Weighed six fish, and six fish weighed 73.01 pounds. Yeah. That's 12 pounds of fish. This is the uh, the Tri-Cities Walleye Classic with the Columbia River Walleye Anglers Association. This was their kickoff derby for the year. And, yeah, the, the winning boat voted six fish weighing 73.01. Their largest fish was 12.04. And the second largest fish on the weekend was 10.19. There was a few eights and a few sevens. Well, yeah, so. but even even you know even dropping down uh, five six places, I mean those guys were still averaging <clears throat> like uh, eight or nine pounds of fish. <laughs> Gosh, I mean it yeah, was fifth just place ridiculous. Fifty five point eight seven pounds with six fish. So yeah, yeah, pretty well, crazy. That that's what we were talking about before in a previous podcast. Is how you know those big fish this time of year yeah. can be caught, yeah. and by golly, the Tri Cities Walleye Club. Yeah, showed her how it was done. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, they sure how come did. we're just sitting around here talking into these microphones? You know, well, did you see the the picture that <laughs> that Eric posted? Uh, I know. 
He, so he was up on, nice on Roosevelt. I know. Eric Eric Broughton, another Maxwell. No, Mac, Magnuson. Oh, I thought oh, you said... Mag- uh, Magnuson did. He he loaded up the back of the oh, boat. Oh, well, there's really two nice Eric's. Fish. Yeah. yeah. Broughton, no, also, no, Broughton Eric- also was catching walleye, though. Well, yeah, these guys are all up there with open water. We're sitting around here twiddling our thumbs. And, In the snow. Yeah. We just Be- need to get out. You know what? we got to get these shows out of our hair. Yeah, that's the thing. It's <laughs> nice visiting you all, but really, you know, quite frankly, we want to go fishing. Bobby gets to go do a show tomorrow through the rest of the week. I don't, which uh, is beautiful. That's what happens you when don't. you bail on me for the entire show circuit. So, <laughs> Hey, that was not my fault. Where I'm you just going? saying it's yeah. still a bail. A bail's a bail. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, I got to go over to Seattle for uh, a dealer show. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. his favorite, his favorite place. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. I to bet it. you are. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, you guys over in Seattle, but when you live over here in God's country, and, and then you have to travel somewhere like that, it, it's it's not. It's yeah, <laughs> I, I you know. Well, it might be for someone. I but. might have to take an extra pill before I go. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. We do get to go fishing next week. Yeah. Next yeah. Wednesday, Bobby and I are going up and fishing Lake We're Chelan. Go fish Chinooks. What? Yep. Yeah. Who didn't even invite you? Well, it's because I, I'm gone. I did invite yeah. him. And you and invited got, Richie? I invited him. Yeah, oh, he did. But, 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 but uh, oh, I can't. I got to get ready. It's my only day to get ready for the next show. No, Wednesday. I'm actually driving to the show. Oh, yeah, that's the Bighorn Show? Yeah, Spokane. I have to set up that day. Well, we're fishing on Tuesday. No, I can't do that. It's the only day I'm home to restock See? the trailer. See? There you go. I'm not doing that <laughs> show either. That's where I get to do. Don't don't say it. I'm going to Arizona to go golfing. Oh, my God. That may be... I have a bachelor party. We're going to hit some spring training games, and then I'm staying for an extra five days to go hang out with my dad. Maybe that could be something to do with his nickname, you know. I don't know if I can golf, golf though. Balls, like. Well, no, I don't think I can golf now that I think of it because my shoulder. Oh, that's right. You're kind of messed up, aren't you? Yep. It's been a health week. I did a sleep study over the weekend. <laughs> that was a nightmare. Did you sleep? No, it was awful. They're probably going to expedite that, though, thinking I'm about to die. <laughs> For like six weeks, we had the results. I was like, yeah, read that. You'll get back to me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it was miserable. I sent Bobby a picture of it. I was just... <laughs> It's the at-home you, you sleep apnea it. test, yeah. and you have to strap, like, eight cords around your chest and your waist and then tape a bunch of needles and wires he, he like to your face. like Octopus Man. I mean, he had <laughs> he had stuff coming off him everywhere. It was so oh, miserable. No. And, like, I sleep on my stomach. Oh, gosh. Or my side, typically. And you can't with, you know. All them wires. Yeah. Gosh, it was miserable. So oh, we got through that. Oh, geez. So... And then you had a little. Did you have an MRI or did you have an X-ray or what for your shoulder? No, I've I've I had that done quite a while ago. Did you? It Rich. Was, oh, oh Bobby's gosh. got the picture. <laughs> yeah, and then you tape that little glowing. He thing looks to like your the Borg. <laughs> Borg. The Borg. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out how to sleep, which is going to be good. Sleeping. Sleeping be, is good. I, yes, yeah, it is. they've been telling me that. <laughs> so they, they said I had to go get strapped up. They would teach me how to sleep. <laughs> teach you how you know what just think if you actually get some sleep you might be able to keep up with us fishing oh, okay <laughs> he's upset about his third place award oh <laughs> oh my god hey i i looked at that video that rishi sent us the other day it was four to two 
hey, you know, I mean, no big deal, but. Oh, the promo video for the rods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was before we got back to the honey hole. And it was just like a slaughter fest. What we do take away from Jeez. that trip is Z- Richie caught zero fish. Yeah. <laughs> and we caught, we literally boated like 45 fish. Yeah, he does have to bring that up. <laughs> but he was running a boat, you know, and I got cameras. <laughs> well, yeah. But if you have a rod in the water, it counts. It doesn't, there's no excuses no, if you have if your you have back to it the, the whole time. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> you guys wouldn't have been like hooking uh, fish every two seconds. So back to oh, I got one on. Back to next Jeez. Wednesday on Schland, we're going out with Heinlein, Joe Fish, yep. Lake Schland Adventures, and we're gonna go use some double D's and all sorts of stuff and try to target those those Chinook. And I've never caught a Chinook in Schland or you know purposely targeted them. So I'll let Bobby kind of explain what we're gonna be doing. Oh, that, it, it's a lot of fun. It, and I, I will tell you, it, that fish is probably the finest eating salmon that you will ever eat in your entire life. I agree. Deep water, cold. Yeah. They, they, eat, they are. They're, yeah. they're amazing. Oh, they're, they're phenomenal. I know. I mean, they're, they're as good or better than a, than a, a good prime spring Chinook. <clears throat> they're not quite as good as a big old fat kokanee out of Wallow Lake, but mm, they're, right, they're, they're right there. Yeah. Joe's kind of got that thing dialed in for the last he does forever. I mean, it's really cool. So I'm excited to get out there and do that. Yeah, is Lippincott gonna get out with us? I don't know. Maybe I, I'll I'll call him and see. There again, uh, we're not sure how many people can can actually get on board. I think Joe might have somebody extra. You know, you never know. Yeah, getting old sucks, but this <laughs> Wood Family Spirits helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It might put you to sleep this afternoon. Yeah, well, no, the only one I'm supposed to be fasting right now. Oh, that's right. Shh. Yeah. And and you just told Bliss that. Yeah, but two two weeks later, I can talk my way out of that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's all about the timing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just shifting that paradigm. <laughs> you just you know. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else? You got any fishing? Nothing. You're just doing shows. I. <laughs> I am, and then Richie's got this small business. It's not good. Small business life. It's gonna improve, but it's probably because you play. You now after the shows are over, you are so busy. Here comes fishing and hunting that you don't have time to do anything because oh, I gotta go fish. I gotta go hunt. Well, I do. That's that's what we do. I drew a bear tag. (laughs) Did you guys read the thing about the silver grizzlies? Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Did you? This silver grizzly, oh my god! Yeah, he sent he sent oh, a little yeah. thing. They're supposed I... to be extinct, and there's sightings of them down yeah. there and in so Mexico. That's really what you're doing when you go to Arizona. You're gonna like sneak over the border and look for them, aren't you? Drag it back across. <laughs> See, they do exist. Be a pioneer. Pioneer. <laughs> they existed before. You can't say it's like outrageous that they might still exist. They find things that they thought were extinct all the time. And, and... All the things for him to like find in the news. I've been, yeah, I've been somebody on a silver a, grizzly bear. Why did kick. he find? Why did no, he find I, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alyssa just got a bunch of chickens. They look like little dinosaurs. We got to get those. We got to get those little hand things that they put on. Chicken. They do. Yeah. Oh, those are cool. Well, what we really need to do is get those actual T Rex costumes and go fishing in them. Oh God! <laughs> the big blow up one? Yeah, no, yeah. that'd be funny. Yeah. We could oh, film absolutely. an entire show as dinosaurs. <laughs> absolutely. Put Max Luer on the front. Yeah. Yeah. So enough about T Rexes and dinosaurs and silver <laughs> grizzly bears. But back to our original point of we are going to go target these 
landlocked Chinook, which is pretty rare to find, especially in like Northwest Lakes or anywhere yeah. in general. And so pretty cool opportunity to get up there. And do you ever find them anywhere else? I mean, I know Chelan, but. Coeur d'Alene has, uh, has Chinooks in there. Um, I think. Does, and, pon- does Ponderay? Ponder, uh, no. Ponderay, I believe, are those uh, Kamloops, those big Kamloops. Yeah, but, that's what that, those okay. are. <clears throat> but I, Anderson, I think well, Anderson Ranch has yeah. them. Yeah. And there we, may be one or two others, but, boy, not very many. I mean, that's a pretty no. unique thing. We, we caught a small it, one at the retreat two right, years ago. Right, right, right. It, it was uh, – Chelan is kind of a, a unique situation as it is. I mean, you know, <clears> we've got our year-round kokanee fisheries uh, – you know, there's a lot of cutthroat in there now. They quit planting rainbows 15 years ago and, and have planted nothing but western slope cutthroat, but as well as uh, they put lake trout in there. Right. And they also used to plant Chinook in there for years. I fished the Derby when I was working at Loomis. Uh, I came up and fished the Derby one year with a buddy of mine up here. You know, it, it uh, it's kind of a neat situation because these fish now... These are all natural spawn fish. They haven't planted the lake for over 20-plus years for yeah. Chinooks. And, you know, of course, we would like to get them going again. Back in the day when they were planting them, you could catch a 25-pound fish. Mm-hmm. Today, a 15-pound fish is a big, a big Chinook. You know, and, and the other thing is for a long time, you couldn't hardly catch them at all. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I first moved here in the early 90s, and I'd heard all about this fishery. It already was on the... Oh, it was done. Done. Yeah. And I went up there to try to catch them and never could catch them. Didn't really know what I was doing to find them, for one thing. But talk to other people, you just don't catch them. And then in the last few years, you're catching fish now. And, and mm-hmm. to the point where Joe targets them, even. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, he, he goes out and, and absolutely targets those fish. And it's a, a one-fish limit you know per day and it's got to be i i don't know if travis if they push that through or not whether i don't remember what size it is it's got to be at least uh, 20 12. inches or something like that is it that that got changed oh it did okay yeah yeah that that's got, good for you though if we're both on the boat and you can only catch one and i can only catch one that way you won't It'd be a tie <laughs> for the awards yeah that's for if, the chinook that's, that's that's if you actually catch one. the chinook award <laughs> yeah but the beauty of being on a boat with a guide is it's not your fault if you don't catch right. one. You know, guys are going to blame it on Joe. I see how, I exactly. see how this goes. Exactly. No, he, he fishes uh, he fishes a little bit differently than, than most. Uh, he and uh, his, his partner, uh, Mark, they put outriggers on the boat, and they, they run their gear a little bit differently than, than like what Jeffrey does, you know, fishing for the lake trout. Right. And, you know, let's face it, when you're up there kokanee fishing, you you can catch a, a chinook. Sure, you can. You know, yeah. during the spring, I mean, you know, with all the people up there fishing now, everybody's starting to catch and a chinook here, a chinook there on kokanee yeah. gear, as well as you know guys up there targeting uh, lake trout. Well, you you and I so, have on yeah. the upper end of the lake mm-hmm. catching kokanee. Yeah. So when they fish for them down on the lower end like this, will you guys be fishing near the bottom, or will you be? Fi- uh, predom- predominantly, column. just yeah. like you would for for lake trout, because those fish are down there feeding. Down the they're, they're, yeah, they're down. They're down feeding on shrimp. Icky mm-hmm. lake trout, huh? Icky. <laughs> Bobby's favorite greasers. Bob- Bobby's favorite yellow fat. Oh <laughs> He likes cleaning them. Oh, icky. Icky. I, I went out with Jeff one time with my grandfather, and we caught like I don't know, 
30 pounds of fish. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> I didn't want to. That was keep 30 them. pounds of filleted fish. Filleted fish. Yeah, you, you guys We had a couple a bunch 20 of pounders. Like type. Yeah. yeah. My grandfather really wanted to keep it. I had no interest in it. And so I brought it back and had no idea what to do with this fish. And so I just went and dropped it off at Bobby's house. <laughs> he smoked it up for me. I just dropped it off at Bobby's house. General, generally, you know where that would go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was it was for Papa, so Papa got his smoked well, lake trout. Well, I, I smoked it. Here's so. the thing. They smoke up fine. Yeah. They don't grill up okay. They, That's a fire. I personally to do not think they grill up good. <laughs> no. You know what? It, Some people you know like what the problem oh, burn is? your house down. <laughs> the the problem with this is we are extremely spoiled. Well, of course. I mean, by the time you eat a four pound kokanee, yeah. or you turn around and eat a spring chinook, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know what? Red meated fish, yeah. You're spoiled. You That's all there is to it. There's I, almost no comparison. A, a chinook out of the salt water or a silver out of the salt water. Yeah. You know, you're, we're spoiled. Yeah. So when you you eat something like that, that is extremely oily. Right. It, it's got a much fishier flavor because of that fat content. Smoking it, it's not bad. It, it it's it does it just yeah. smokes up. No, it good. smokes up fantastic. And especially if you make dips and sure sure cream cheese balls out of it and all kinds of things. Oh yeah, it's really yeah. good as a smoked fish. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're just spoiled. We That's, are. You know. <laughs> I mean, I don't even like Chinook this far up the river. No, you know no. what I mean. So I'm like really picky. That's oh, what happens right. when you fish near the salt. Yeah, God, yeah. you guys spoiled, spoiled, spoiled. <laughs> well, yeah. a lot of years of doing it. It's like, oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm excited to get out there on Chelan and go target that. If you want to go out and target those landlocked Chinook on Chelan, you can go to LakeChelanAdventures.com, and I'm sure Joe would be more than happy to take you out. It's time to get into our interview with Dan Avery, Maxler Pro Staffer. We'll get into that right now. All that talk about kokanee fishing means it's time to gear up for kokanee season, and there's no better place than to go to maxlure.com. From Double D Dodgers and Sling Blades to Wiggle Hoochies and Double Whammy Kokanee Pros, we have everything you need to catch limits of kokanee this spring. Head to maxler.com and use code WAO10 to get 10% off your order. That's WAO10 for 10% off your order at maxler.com. Today I have Dan Avery on the phone with me. He's a Max Lure Pro Staffer down in Southern Idaho area. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm good, Richie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for taking time to talk to me. We're going to talk a little bit about early kokanee fishing, but before we do that, why don't you tell folks uh, what you do? I, I grew up hunting and fishing, you know, in a, in a household. My dad and my uncle were both very instrumental in, in uh, getting me involved with the outdoors and, and really getting me hooked on, you know, loving to fish. And over the years, I've done, you know, really kind of every kind of fishing out there, everything from, you know, I started doing a lot of bass fishing when I was a kid and trout fishing at ponds and lakes. And then as I got a little bit older, uh, we lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so I did a lot of ocean fishing for rockfish and salmon and halibut. And then uh, I've been up here in uh, southwestern Idaho for the last four years, have been focusing mainly on uh, trout and kokanee. How did you get involved as a Max Lure Pro Staffer? 
So I uh, I actually know – I went to college with uh, Mark Christopel of Christopel's Guide Service. He's one of the longtime MAX pro staff members. And so as I had done kind of some more fishing and was getting more involved on posting some of that stuff and so on social media, he had connected me with Bobby and, and uh, the MAX team. And it's I, I've been on board now for two years, and it's, it's a great group of people. Obviously a, a great product, a quality product that puts fish in the boat, which is important, but but – really just a great group of folks and everybody from you know bob and bobby and britain their whole office staff everybody that i've ever dealt with at max has been nothing but first class well now listen you're going to give them a, a big head and then i'm going to have to deal with that here in the office so exactly <laughs> I, I know we don't need that head to be any bigger than it already is <laughs> no but you're absolutely right though they're just a great group of guys to work with and they do make a wonderful product and been a lot of fun getting together with you a couple times to fish on the uh, Max Lure retreats, which is, that's always a lot of fun. We get to meet other pro staffers and see what they're doing, and it's a really good time, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's just a great group of folks that we have, and, you know, everybody, there's always that friendly competition. Everybody wants to go out there and catch the most fish or catch the biggest fish so that they have some bragging rights, but everybody's really helpful and trying to get everybody else dialed in and catching some fish. And, you know, if we if we happen to get into a school of fish that's fighting really well, we'll get on the radio or get on the phone if we have service and, and get those guys over there so that everybody's having a good time. And it's just a, a great group. You know, the, the camaraderie is – I think it's, it's you know, the best part of the trip, obviously – Having having good success fishing and putting some fish in the box is important, but but that camaraderie of hanging out with fellow sportsmen and telling stories and just having a good time is is really what it's all about. And you just can't be beat, really. You and I have one other thing in common, and that's uh, the seasoning thing. Tell me about that. I've been in the food business really my whole career. Uh, when I got got out of college, I went to work for a food broker, so we represented really big companies like Kimberly Clark and Gerber and you know these these massive CPG conglomerates and and I was focused mm-hmm. at the time I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area and I was focused mainly on calling on um, Safeway headquarters they had about 1500 stores at the time so I did that for a while I actually went over and moved to the manufacturer side of the business and then I've been with Kinder's um, sauces and seasonings for the last 10 years so we've taken it from you know really a, a small Bay Area regional brand to a, a, a national you know distribution player we have we have distribution in about 6,000 stores across the country today really from coast to coast and so it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's uh, we, we joke all the time that Kinder's years and startup years are kind of like dog years, where one year feels like it might be seven. But it's been a, an amazing ride to kind of see the business grow. And really, the part that I love is getting out there and talking with the people who are using the products. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I never, I never get tired of hearing different ideas and feedback and a lot of the compliments that we get from folks on the products that we make. So it's been, it's been an amazing uh, journey with them. Yeah, it's pretty cool is that I really enjoy that part of it too. We get return customers and obviously the seasonings and sauces that we make are not nearly as distributed as widely as yours, but Still, when we go to the shows or I meet people in town that enjoy our product, it's a lot of fun to talk to them. And and, and it's nice to hear that they're using it, you know, on Fish and Game in particular, and that's kind of what we're all about. So Yes, absolutely. Well, and you guys make an amazing – I mean, all of your products that I've tried have been absolutely amazing, but – the one that I just I, I will not be without is the uh, Finn and Field sauce, and and I just <laughs> I I have probably 
10 packets of that in my pantry at all times. And it's, uh, it, it might be some of the only stuff that's in there that's not Kinder's branded. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a phenomenal product. We love, we love doing, I've, I've gotten some of my friends here in Idaho hooked on the, the coconut crack with the Finn and Field sauce and folks oh, yeah. just can't get enough of it. Oh yeah, that's a fact. Coconut crack is where it's at, baby. Gotta have the Finn and Field on it, but, um, absolutely. So let's talk, let's talk about that a little bit. So, Gosh, you know, when people talk about kokanee fishing, they don't really think about going to southern Idaho. You guys actually have some good kokanee fishing. In fact, we made a an episode of the Northwest Outdoorsman called Anderson Ranch Kokanee. That's the one that I know the best, of course. But you actually have more reservoirs that have kokanee, don't you? We do. So within uh, about a two-hour radius of Boise, essentially, we've got five lakes that hold kokanee. The three that are probably the most prominent, and and the reason is is that the proximity to Boise is the closest, is Anderson Ranch, which is the top of the three chain, the, the chain of lakes that those three all kind of dump into each other. So it's Anderson Ranch, Arrow Rock, and Lucky Peak Reservoir all three of which have a pretty substantial kokanee fishery uh, supported by planting, as well as uh, Anderson has a a pretty robust native spawn of fish that supports it as well. And then Cascade Reservoir, which everybody, you know, is usually familiar with from an ice fishing standpoint is because it's a world-class perch destination, but it has a decent little kokanee uh, population that they've planted in there. And then just above it, Payette Reservoir in McCall has a decent kokanee population. And, you know, just like any lake, it's the, the kokanee life cycle is very cyclical. And so, you know, there's years where the fishing is incredible at all five of those lakes. There's years where one lake might be great. The others might just be okay. But, you know, it's it, it, all I would say all of those lakes on any given year can produce some really nice sized fish. And, some really good numbers. I mean, Anderson specifically has, it's gone from a lake that was, you know, known for a, a huge biomass of kokanee, but they were all very small, to a lake where the fish are a little bit harder to catch, but you're going to catch some really nice sized fish. And so, you know, in the last couple of years, 19, 20 inch fish are not uncommon. Um, that's mm-hmm. probably not the average fish, but but they're definitely in there. And, and then the biggest fish that we had uh, on the boat last year was three pound, nine ounce fish that was out of Payette Lake in McCall. Boy, that thing was just, it, it was a stud of a fish, man. It had it had some shoulders on it for sure. You know, anytime you're catching a four-pound kokanee, that's a pretty special place. But Absolutely. I know that if you watch the episode about Anderson Ranch, you'll just see exactly what he's talking about, how quality of fish those are. They're thick, they're good size, generous limits. And uh, even though they're a little bit harder, to catch at times. I think there's other times of the year that it's pretty good fishing. I've not fished some of the lower ones in that chain. Do they also produce pretty good sized fish? They do. I would say that uh, both Arrow Rock and Lucky Peak are, in, in the last two years at least, have maybe been a couple of inches shorter than, than the fish that you're mm. going to see at Anderson. But um, I would say that last year, those both of those lakes, probably the average fish was about 15 inches, very healthy bright red meat and great eating and so it's been it's been fun you know anderson's about a a 90 minute ride for me from my house i can be on lucky peak in a half an hour so if time is is really of the essence and i have kind of just a short window to be able to get out and get some lines wet lucky peak is a great option for folks in the boise area to be able to do that really close to home so i know that lake cascade 
is iced over and I've fished it before like you said for perch and it's a wonderful lake I'd love to do that sometime in the open season and I'm assuming maybe Payette's also frozen over what about the other lakes are they are they open this time of year or are they do they get ice so today's March 1st and and uh, I actually just came back from from a quick trip up to McCall so Payette, Payette is frozen over there were a few folks out there fishing it this morning when I went by. Cascade is heavily iced over. They had uh, their their big tackle toms tournament there last weekend, and the ice was about 20 inches thick. So it's it's yeah. got a it's got a nice nice cap of ice on it, a little bit of snow sitting on top of the ice, but it's it's got quite a bit of ice. And then Arrow Rock is iced over. The edges are still somewhat open it's not really it's it's not really thick enough to be able to get out and fish it on the ice and then lucky peak has had a couple of ice spots from time to time but for the most part is open water and anderson is still mainly open there's some areas up towards the the top end of the lake near pines that have some ice but that that lake has a lot of natural springs in it sure. and so it keeps it, it keeps it from kind of freezing over unless we have a, a really really cold winter so as the ice goes off those places or, you know, like you said, a couple of them are, are open water now, and here in a week or two, you're going to, I'm assuming, hook up your boat and try to get out to those places. Early kokanee is a little bit different than later on when folks fish in June. So what are you doing this early time of the year to find fish and get fish to bite? So I, what I've noticed is uh, the early fish seem to lie a little bit smaller and a little bit less aggressive presentation. So whereas in June I might be running that double D or sling blade dodger with a pretty significant bend in it to try to get some real kick out of the dodger, I'm usually straightening those out. I'll still have maybe a little bit of a bend to it, but try to slow down that kick on the dodger and then try to size down the bait. And so whether it's a hoochie and we're running something like a peewee or a coconut glow series is one that I've done extremely well with, or even a wedding ring presentation where, you know, we can we can kind of size it down and get something that the fish really seem to want to go after. And then, you know, the hardest thing is, is we got a lot of people out there that, that I talk to at the launch ramp and they'll say, you know, I didn't, I didn't mark any fish all day. And, you know, I try to mm -hmm. remind folks that these fish are at the surface this time of year. Yeah. So you're typically not going to mark fish. They're, they're going to spook uh, away from your boat. And so long setbacks in the spring, it's not uncommon for when I'm running a, running top line rods out the back of the boat that I'm going back 150, 200 feet to give mm -hmm. those those fish a chance to spread out when the boat comes over the top of them come back and get that presentation to come right in front of the fish during that time and so we've been really successful with that we'll usually run six rods on the boat idaho allows you to to pick up a second rod stamp for i think it's up to 12 bucks this year as an add-on to your fishing license and so with three guys we'll usually run six line four on the downrigger we'll usually run those between maybe three to ten feet and then we'll run two uh top line rods out the back and uh and like i said get those back there 150 200 feet in order to give the the fish a chance to kind of scatter and shy away from the boat and then come back and see the presentation go right in front of their face for those of you who are familiar with fishing like roosevelt those are the same techniques that if you're using up here that you would be using down there on those lakes this time of year and the one cool thing about using a double D dodger is the fact that you have different attachment points that, uh, where you would put your main line that will allow the dodger 
to actually slowly crawl away from the line of the boat. So you can be out port or starboard side of your boat several feet away from the line of the boat, and that can really help even with your long setbacks. It's nice to have some lures that get out there in, you know, different in different water. Do you ever use side planers? I know that's a popular thing that folks use. Yeah, I, I have uh, I have runs I have a couple on my boat that we run and and they're great for being able to get the bait away from the boat, spread out, and be able to cover a little bit more water. You know what I find is that you end up kind of you know the, it, it takes away from the fight of the fish because you're kind of fighting the planer board. You know I've been using clear boards, which I think are pretty close to the lightest planer boards that I've ever seen out there on the market, and so they try to kind of minimize that. But you're still definitely you know, you're fighting the board a little bit as long, mm-hmm. along with fighting, fighting the fish. And so we utilize the holes on the double D a lot to be able to get those out. They almost act like a planer board where they're going to get it, you know, and take it away. And so you, you look, I, I love the fact that they have the uh, diagram right on the Dodger printed on the film. So it's very easy to look at it. You don't have to try to remember which, which hole do I need to put this in in order to get it to go the direction that I want. And so we utilize that a lot in order to, especially on those long lines, in order to get them to get away from the boat, be able to spread out the presentation and cover more water. Because this time of year, it's really, it's a matter of, you know, you, if you can't rely on your electronics and you're not using something like a live scope where you can kind of see the fish in front of you, finding the fish on most days is is more than half the battle. If we can find the fish uh, and hook into a couple of them, and then we can kind of dial in exactly what those fish are looking for from a presentation standpoint and and kind of start to grind on them a little bit. We've been really successful on picking up several fish, you know, uh, on multiple passes around the same area. Let's talk about two other things, and that would be your color selections. Do they differ this time of year? And then the other thing that's important, I think, when we're talking kind of cold weather, fish at the surface would be your trolling speed. So let's start with color selections this time of year. What is that any different? Yeah, so I, you know, I obviously, uh, like any fisherman, I think I have some uh, color patterns that I are kind of my go-tos. And with Kokanee, I've always been the most successful with pinks and oranges. So I, I will always, if we have six rods out, I'm always going to have at least one pink and one orange out there. What I have noticed is in the winter and the early spring that greens, purples, some of the other colors that I that I don't mm-hmm. typically fish as much when I go down deeper, blues do really well. We we almost always start out the day with a blue or a purple on there, and then a green, and uh, and like I said, the pink and the orange that are kind of the staples, and then. We'll just kind of let the fish tell us what they like, and, and, you know, if we start to recognize a pattern that's getting consistently bit more than something else, then we'll start switching out other rods to to something that's either the exact same lure or something that's very similar to it. From a trolling speed standpoint, you, you definitely want to try to slow the presentation down a little bit, and it's funny, even just a, a, in those three lakes that I mentioned, Lucky Peak, uh, Anderson, and Arrow Rock, the fish will like different speeds across those lakes. Even, yeah, I mean, I fished them, I fished all three lakes in the same week, and those fish at Anderson seem to be a little bit more aggressive. You can push one five, one six, and they'll come out and, and get the lure and not seem to have any issue with that. Whereas at Lucky Peak, 
or at Arrow Rock, the fish seem to like something closer to one, two, and in some cases, mm-hmm. even down to point nine, where you really got to kind of slow it down and let that bait sit in front of their face a little bit to get them to, to take it. That's what I noticed a few times that we've been fortunate enough to fish up in uh, British Columbia. Even in June, the water's still pretty cold in that part of the world, and we were we're often fishing, you know, in that one one to one mile an hour, maybe even to point nine. And I think it does make a difference in those lakes where they got cold water and it's kind of they're lethargic and they're they're not chasing as well. It's just like any other fish, you know, when it gets cold, yep. they're, they're just not chasing as well as they do. But uh, yeah, speeding up to one five or one six, you you might hook a trout, huh? Yeah, exactly. And we do, we do occasionally, uh, that, that is one of our, our, even if we're not necessarily targeting them, it's one of our common bycatches. Um, Eddie Anderson specifically is, is you'll, uh, you'll hook a fish and you go, this one's acting a little bit different, maybe not as much head shaking and you'll get it up there. And there's some nice rainbows in there that we've, that we've caught over the years as well. But so you definitely, uh, you definitely cover more bases from a species standpoint at that one, five, one, six standpoint where the trout, the trout go, Oh, I'm, I want to come out and play too. You know, we've got the maxillary retreat coming up at Anderson Ranch again this spring. And unfortunately I'm not going to make it because I'm going to be in Alaska fishing. But outside of that, what other plans do you have for? spring fishing you know i i I, we've been going to flaming gorge every year for the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and and we usually do that trip in may and i think we made the decision this year that uh, the fishing in idaho was really good last year and we were catching just uh, as good of quality of a fish and as high a numbers if not higher at home and so i think we're going to spend most of the spring around here just really really targeting those the the three lakes that i mentioned and trying to to maybe explore some other lakes i haven't spent a ton of time on cascade um and so when the ice comes off up there i definitely want to spend some time the perch fishery up there is absolutely incredible i mean two two plus pounds perch is a a common thing and and actually it's funny because once the water opens up some of the techniques for for perch fishing up there are are really similar to uh to what we're doing to catch kokanee so you know you can run a wedding ring type presentation with some some of the one inch minnow plastic minnows on the hooks and those perch just go nuts for those and so i think we're going to spend we're going to spend more time locally here in idaho doing doing some fishing and uh i went to alaska last year that was my first trip up there to do some fishing it was an absolutely amazing time we spent a week at homer did three days of long-range trips for halibut lingtod rockfish and it was just it was an absolutely wonderful time i I loved it so i'm i'm probably uh i don't think i have any big huge trips i get to play host a little bit with the max trip this year being that it's in anderson i'm the the closest pro staff member so i'm looking forward to getting everybody up here for that and having a good time getting on some fish and just having a lot of laughs and giving each other a hard time which we're pretty good at yeah (laughs) Yeah, i'm really gonna miss being there with you all this time because i haven't missed the trip in quite a while but i I think this is a pretty good excuse this time, but um absolutely anytime you get a chance to go to alaska it that's hard to hard to turn down <laughs> that's for sure. I'm really looking forward to it. you'll have to tune in to hear my report uh sometime after may of uh, what it nice. was like up there, and we'll get to hear from Britain and Bobby and uh, everybody else that got to attend the retreat at 
Anderson Ranch, and I'm sure you guys will have some stories. So, Absolutely. Well, I really, I'm hoping that we should have some really good fishing up there this year. I, I think you will. Well, I've been talking at you for quite a bit already. It's always hard to believe how much time goes by, but um, I think I'll let you go and get back to your get back to your day. But I really appreciate you taking time, Dan, to visit with me, giving folks some tips about how to catch kokanee in uh, Idaho. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I love the podcast. I think I had told you the other day I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to become a, a sponsor for the special coffee for one of uh, one of the episodes. <laughs> And uh, make, sure that we, make sure that we get you guys some. I've, I've actually got a, a recipe for a special coffee that that I'll send, oh. I'll send the, the supplies and a recipe for a. It's a it's an old duck hunting concoction that oh. we make that we call pintail soup, and it's it's, it, it's some delicious special coffee. Okay, well um, I'm in. Send it on. Okay. Up. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot, Dan. All right, Richie. Thank you. Dan Avery is correct. Fin and Field sauce is absolutely amazing, and it goes especially well with kokanee crack. If you've never had that, you can find the recipe at HarrodOutdoors.com under the recipe tab. You can also find all kinds of other recipes there for kokanee. If you use the coupon code SHOWS, you can get a 10% discount off. You can find the Fin and Field sauce at HarrodOutdoors.com. that like the we're live instead of like the chop chop that's the thing. yeah so we're back <laughs> obviously <laughs> that was a cool interview with dan it was but you know the most exciting part is getting the special coffee delivery oh i'm excited for that <laughs> I, i'm excited to go back to anderson no, ranch that's i'm kind of bummed i'm not gonna get to go with you guys but i'll i think i'll be fine <laughs> oh yeah, yeah richie gets to go to alaska his gofundme trip <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we had a lot of fun when we fished Anderson Ranch uh, a few years ago with Bobby and Robin Schindelar. And as Dan mentioned, them fish have shoulders. Yeah. They're really nice. They do. It's uh, When we went back a year and a half, two years after you guys filmed that show, yeah. Yeah. there wasn't as many fish. No. no. The water was so low. Oh, gosh. And, but we did catch a bunch of really nice fish, and there were certain boats that did better than others. Oh, yeah. But well, it was, it, it was still it, you know great. that whole that whole thing compared to when we fished it, mm-hmm. you could fish virtually. Well, I mean, there, there's obviously places where where the fish hang. We caught way more fish time spent wise than what we did this the second time. Oh yeah, <clears throat> but but like Danny said, you know, this year should be fantastic. It should be really good. Yeah, yeah. those um, those fish. I can't remember, Bobby. Uh, remind me, like, how deep were we? Were we fishing for those there for the most well, part? Uh, we in like in the forty foot range. Yeah, at, at that time we were fishing like thirty five to forty five yeah. feet. You know, yeah, stuff like that. And we were fishing regular size stuff instead of downsizing. You know, like we did the, right. the second time because the fish were deeper and and yeah. it, it was just a a little bit different time frame. And you know, the lake was totally different. This year it's going to be full pool. It it's, should be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks like from where we stay. 
You can actually launch right there, but when we were there, there was no launch. No, launch. no, it was way low. Yeah, way, way too low. Because everyone was launching basically off the beach. or Yeah, we were kind of almost long. into the sand, I think, getting the boat in. Yeah, I mean, there was cars, trucks parked on the sand. Yeah. I think you, it's a good water year, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since we still have snow on the ground here. Oh, that's right. It snowed this morning yeah. again. Oh. <laughs> so I think that'll probably change how you guys do quite a bit. I can't yeah. wait to hear how you do. Yeah. Oh, I, so, I, I'm excited. I'll to... just do a little better than Bobby, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'll tell you what, though. You know, you can't you can't beat what we did down at Wallala. I mean, just literally. No. You know, we've got a picture of those six fish, and the smallest one is, is well, about four, 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 four point nine pounds four or something pounds, like that, yeah. all the way up to 7.2 pounds. Yeah. Six fish. Come on. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Oh, that was phenomenal. I mean, Photoshop's I a don't, hell of a tool. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we... We didn't even uh, know what Photoshop was in. No, I'm sure. We still don't know what Photoshop That's is. That's true. That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the... I mean, I don't think I've fished anywhere for Kokanee and all the places we fished. No. That rivals that at all. I mean, it was just nuts. Yeah. And we're, the crazy part about when we were at Wallawa is we're fishing... The only weight is a double D dodger. Yeah. So we're fishing basically the surface first light on a 20-foot bench and they would just pound them oh. and you'd think you had a chinook on and then when they got to the boat you still thought you had a chinook on yeah because some of those things were so fat oh they were huge it was unreal never to be repeated so far no no dang no i've never seen that you know anywhere or heard of that I, it was crazy that volume in that short a period oh. of time so what is it like the difference in feed there or what they, they don't. They, never, they don't really know. They, they don't honestly know. It, it was the the perfect of all storms mm-hmm. with with that setup. Yep. You know, you had didn't have the numbers of fish to compete for the amount of food in the system. They had the perfect water that year. Yep. They had the perfect feed. They had the perfect you know temperatures. Everything was just right. And you know, we watched the guy catch the world record right next to us. Yeah, there's three yeah. boats on the lake. Campbell. Yeah. Three, Mine and my brothers and and Campbell. Yeah, and we're and I mean we're all catching, like he said, five to seven pound fish, and then he catches one and he hold you know the one yeah. and he holds it up. I think I got the record. We're like, whatever. The one we just caught over there that looked bigger than that one. Yeah, Ronnie had just caught that seven pounder. The guy Ron holds it up and he says, "Look at this," and we're looking at him going. Yeah, Shit, no that bigger. looks smaller than the one Ronnie's yeah. got, yeah. you know? <laughs> Ron said he caught it on a sling blade and a peewee hoochie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Oh, and, and it's in the catalog. Yeah. 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 I got a picture of it. Yeah. No. You guys were using double whammies. We, well, and no. squitters. Yeah, and we, squitters. We, we, used, we were using cha-chas and, <clears throat> and predominantly cha-cha squitters with and uh, an old, and an old, double Ds and stuff yeah. like that. And an old lure you don't make anymore. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the one that I cut off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> man yeah that was bad i guess we won't talk about that yeah that's a bad idea to catch those those fish that many big fish all at that same time we fished it the next year and i did get a 514 but that was the only big fish that we got right that was the only big fish we we caught a number of three pound fish Mm -hmm. but nothing only that one big fish what three years ago when i was up there i think it was now three or four years ago wasn't when you and i and Bob went up. It was the. It was uh, mm. either a time just before or a time just after. There was one or two years there produced some 
pretty nice two to three pound mm -hmm. fish pretty consistently. Sure. And I kept thinking, oh man, here we go. It's going to take off again. And next year we're going to have the five yeah. to eight pounders Well, it's again, never been but, like that. But it hasn't. Well, hell, you know, it, before we got there, the Oregon State record had got broke three times. Yes. Yeah, the one Ronnie caught. Oh, what yeah. would have been the Oregon State record, except for there were already yeah, exactly. <laughs> a couple others that had been caught. But One lake Dan talked about quite a bit was Payette. Payette. And we keep talking about it. And Yeah. My sister's family's got a place on this. We have to go. I think we need to go we to We've got to go Payette. down to McCall and go hit Payette because he talked about, you know, you talk about shoulders on fish. He yep. says, you know, in that area and those reservoirs, seems to be where they're catching the biggest kokanee mm -hmm. right now. Well, you know, the, the the thing that about Idaho is all of those lakes, uh, I want to say five to six years ago, Idaho Fish and Game decided to see what lakes would produce well for kokanee. And they planted almost every lake in the state with kokanee to see what, you know, what would work, what didn't work. So you've got a number of lakes. Hell, there's, there's uh, kokanee in, in Cascade. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, I, now I would like to go fish Payette and fish Payette for a couple of days, but then you know, it's, right, it's right next to Cascade. Isn't there walleye in Cascade now, too? Well, they don't think so. They think a bucket fisherman dumped it in there, and it's the only one that they've been able to find. And they've been, you know, trying to catch them. Yes, they can't. yeah. Uh, Fishing Game has actually spent some time and effort trying to Because that would out. put a serious dent in the old perch yeah. population. Yeah, might not be good for the giant perch. The recruitment might get a little bit eaten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, I'd love to go fish Payette, and then yeah. we could go slip over there to Cascade yeah. and we'll catch some of those big perch trolling. Those two lakes have similar characteristics to yeah. Wallawa. You know, well, they, like I said, the kokanee. Higher elevation, cold yeah. water. The kokanee in there, uh, you know, I, I've seen pictures of, of those guys. Uh, Christensen uh, showed mm -hmm. me some pictures there at Tackle Tom's of some 18-inch, 19-inch mm -hmm. kokanee. Those are nice. Oh, yeah. Those are real yeah. nice. I mean, that's I'm, a fat fish. I'm just you know, always two and a half, three pounds. I'm just always amazed how you can go to a lake in Wallawa. So, is a good example. Like a couple of years after we did, then they were all like seven, eight, nine inch fish. It, it, it's unbelievable. Isn't it unbelievable? Well, remember about what that? happened in Chelan? Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Same thing for years. Well, when, when I when I moved back over here twenty plus years ago, twenty two years ago, you know, when we grew up. If you caught an eight-inch kokanee, oh yeah, that was a big that was a big kokanee. Oh, I know because there was a gazillion of them in there. You could catch a hundred of them, no yeah. problem. But they were all small. But then that when I moved back over here, they were catching 12, 13 inch kokanee. I'm going, are you kidding me? Well, that, so we we started going up and fishing it. That first year, well, no, maybe not first, but second or third year, you and I yeah. kind of started fishing together. We caught. Oh. They, just some dandies oh, up there. Oh, they, they were 17, 18-inch-plus oh, fish. You, you could fish. catch a limit of 10 17 yeah. to 19-inch fish. I know. It was unreal. I mean, that that was unbelievable. And it went on And for then a it while. just dropped off. And then it disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> now we're back to dinkers. Yeah. Although, well, what, they're, they're getting, 12? They're getting... Yeah. There'll be some nice fish out of there yeah. this year. Yeah. They All winter, they've been catching nicer fish, and I think a lot of the guides are thinking so. Yeah. That'll be a better year. That's a fun thing to me about the kokanee, and that's why I'm kind of hooked on them. Just like, what lake's going to produce the bigger fish? You sure. Know? Let's go sure. there. Let's go there. Yeah. Well, they were <laughs> catching some nice fish out of what? Up Manson. Where was that? Oh, up at Wapato. 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 All of those small lakes produce really good fish, but the thing is, is it gets 
overfished immediately yeah. because there's yeah when you're catching you know nine inch fish out of Schland, you can go drive for 15 minutes yeah. and launch and then go yeah. catch a bunch of 15s yeah in a puddle yeah oh yeah. exactly and well like, i mean and then see you later bye yeah see you later all, bye all all of those all of those lakes yeah. uh you know curlew Conconelli. Uh, Conconelli, yeah. you know even buffalo mm-hmm. uh, thing about buffalo though being on the reservation nobody fishes it practically mm-hmm. so but they go up and down there too sure Sure. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing. Coconut. I really want to go coconut fishing. I Ooh. I do too. You know, hopefully we can catch some chinooks real quick, and we can talk Joe into going coconut fishing. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Don't want to be in the office all day. I got the whole day off. Yeah. I don't need to go fish for like three hours and have to go back to work. No, that won't be any fun. No, no. The thing is, though, is, is Jeff really needs some more, some more max. <laughs> so we got to get Jeffrey a few max. What yeah. for? Because he talked me into smoking a bunch of fish oh. for his customers again. Oh. <laughs> nice. Man. So that's what we're doing. We're Jeffrey. going up there to catch Mackinac for Jeffrey. <laughs> so that he can do boat favors for wow. the, the customers. <laughs> you you guys are good friends. <laughs> he said he went up he's been going up to Rufus. Yeah. Fishing from the bank. Catching yeah. some nice nice fish. A lot of people are doing well from the bank. Yeah. We just got to go fishing. We got to go fishing. I'd fish for the bank just fine. Thank you very much. I don't even know how to fish. It's a good thing to do in the morning, and you can drink special coffee while you're standing around the fire on the bank. We've done a podcast about that. (laughs) You know, we should do that one of these days. We should go up there. It's so much fun. Yeah, and go go build a fire, go up and fish off the bank. And we just do the podcast from there. Yeah, you know what? We might Then there's no excuses. Yeah. Let's let's figure that we out. Can keep the clicker out there and tally it up That's live. Right. <laughs> live. <laughs> oh, Britain lost that one. Don't click. have to click that one. <laughs> we'll have the is my bedroom the D-liar, ready? The D liars. Is my bedroom ready? Oh sure. Oh sure. I don't think he's built it yet. <laughs> you know, by the time we get up there, the garage would be nice, and you have your own space. Oh, no, that's <laughs> won't be so about. cold. No, I'm excited to do that. Yeah. I don't get that hyped up to go up there though because there's no oh, fish. Here, here it comes. Oh yeah, yeah. Here it comes. You but know it'd be what? nice to go up there. All the ice gone yet? Well, yeah. probably getting close. Uh oh, it's, it's time. Oh, maybe we should go fill up, Britain. Might See. be time to stop. Come on, quick. They're, we we they don't want to give you guys any more fishing tips <laughs> or stories. So we are gonna wrap this up. Yeah, we're getting a little roll here. Got like some weekly podcasts going, yeah. and so we're gonna keep, keep it up. It, keep it going. We are going to go fill up our Wood Family Spirits OG Vodka with Fresca. They might eat. I might continue my fast that I've already broken. And (laughs) until then, we will talk to you later. 